Hello, hello, hello. Happy, happy, happy Thursday. <laughs> hello. Well, thank you for joining me for the next instalment of The Midnight Gang. Got another two chapters for you again today because quite small ones. So uh, we're getting through these last few chapters, aren't we? Um, so anyway, chapter 45 and chapter 46. Chapter 45 is called A One-Winged Pigeon. So here goes. Something or someone's in here. I know it, whispered Matron, as her torch threw light on the darkest corners of the room in the hospital basement. Yeah, looks like an old, a load of old junk to me, replied Mr. Thews. Let's move on. No, re Matron replied. That smell, the woman sniffed the stale air. It's strangely familiar. As he crouched in the porter's cupboard, cardboard wardrobe, Tom had the strangest sensation. It felt as if his little finger was being nibbled. When he looked down, he saw that indeed it was. His little finger was being nibbled by a pigeon. Without thinking, the boy shook his hand to get the creature off him. This sent the poor pigeon skimming across the floor. Squawk! squawked the bird. Ah! screamed Matron. It's just a pigeon, said Mr. Thews. Oh, I hate the dirty beasts. They're like rats with wings, nearly as bad as children. Now, can we please move on? asked the headmaster. Yes, she replied, I must inform the maintenance department to shoot that blasted creature at once. I would love to come to down myself with a bucket and drown it. But sadly, I just don't have the time. That is a shame, mused the headmaster. That would have been a pleasure. I'm so pleased you feel the same way as me, Mr. Thews. I do love a touch of cruelty. Oh, there is nothing more enjoyable. I like to be cruel to my pupils at St. Willets. That keeps them under my complete control. Any letters sent from family members, I burn before they reach the boys. <laughs> Tom's parents wrote every week, but I put their letters straight on the fire. Ha <laughs> ha! Tom couldn't believe what he was hearing. Oh, that must give you so much pleasure. Oh, it does, Matron, it does. There is nothing better than the feeling of absolute power. Tom's stupid parents have been calling the hospital, desperate for news of their son, but I put the phone straight down on them. Ha, <laughs> that nasty little insect deserves everything he gets. I can't wait until I get my hands on him. The punishment will be severe. Make him eat cold cabbage every meal for a year. Mm, the food at St Willets is worse than that. Make him wash in bog water. Oh, the boys have to do that already. Make him do a cross-country run in his pants. 
Mmm, when it's snowing. Oh, what a wonderfully wicked idea, Mr. Thews. Thank you, matron. There's no time to lose. We must find that boy now. Let's split up. You check the deep freezer, Mr. Thews. Some of the children were in there the other night. <gasps> right away, matron. And I will check the boiler room. Do shout if you find the little worm. Oh, I will. The pair turned round and with the nurses in tow, rushed off to continue their search. When the sound of all their footsteps was distant, the porter emerged from under the mattress. What an evil pair, said Tom, his heart racing. They are as bad as each other, replied the porter. Then he lit his candle and the basement room flickered back into view. To Tom's surprise, the man rushed over and scooped up the stunned bird in his hands. Why did you have to do that to Professor Pigeon, he whispered. Um, Professor Pigeon, asked Tom, a note of disbelief in his voice. Yes, it's because she's so very clever. She's my pet pigeon, and look, she only has one wing. Tom looked down. Indeed, the bird had a stump where one of her wings should have been. How did she lose it? asked the boy. She was born that way. Her mother turfed her out of the nest just after she had hatched. That's cruel. Mm, that's what animals do. She was the runt of the litter, I suppose, just like me. Tom listened as the man stroked his pet pigeon, which cooed in pleasure. Well, what do you mean? Well, I was only a few hours old when my mum left me on the steps of this hospital. <gasps> I'm so sorry. She left me here in the middle of the night, so no one ever saw her face. So you have no idea who your mother is? Or was? No. But I forgive her. I miss her too, though I never knew her. Why did she leave you here? Well, I suppose Mum hoped I would be looked after better here at the hospital. Maybe she thought the doctors and nurses could help me and do something about this. The porter pointed to his misshapen face and tried to smile through the pain. I'm so sorry said the boy. Don't be sorry, young Mr Thomas, sir. I still love my mother, whoever and wherever she may be. No one wanted to adopt me, so Lord Funt, who founded this hospital, let me stay in the children's ward. Funt was a kind man, not like this new fellow. Amber told me the Midnight Gang began on the ward long ago and has been passed down through all the patients. That's right. But no one knew which child started the gang. Do you know? Yes, I do, replied the porter. The old man smiled to himself. Who was it then? The boy asked, his eyes widening with excitement. 
It was me, replied the porter. I was the child who started the Midnight Gang. Chapter 46, Prince Charming. You? asked Tom. The boy's head was spinning at the news. Oh, yes, Mr Thomas, sir. Me, slurred the porter. The pair were sitting in the dark man's dark, damp home, down in the basement of Lord Funt Hospital. Tom smiled. Now it all makes sense. Why, you helped us. Well, I've been helping the children in the ward live out their dreams for 50-odd years. So why did you start the Midnight Gang? Same reason as you children today. I was bored. I think Lord Funt might have suspected us kids were up to something. But I know above all else he wanted his patients to be happy. Funt turned a blind eye to our midnight adventures. So what was your dream? Well, sometimes the other children in the ward would be cruel to me. They'd call me names. Monster man, elephant boy, the creature. Oh, that must have hurt. It did. But children only bully when they themselves are unhappy. They were just taking out their unhappiness on me. Just like Matron and your headmaster, I suppose. I was made painfully aware of how I looked and I dreamed of becoming a handsome prince and rescuing a beautiful princess. So did you? asked the boy. Well, yes, in a way. I was only about ten years old. Me and the other children in the ward made a pantomime horse out of blankets and a broom. Two of the children hid under it. One was the front of the horse and the other was the back. I rode in on the horse to save the princess who was imprisoned in a tower. At the top of the stairwell, in fact. Who was the princess? She was called Rosie, one of the patients, 11 years old, the most beautiful girl I had ever seen in my life. What was she being treated for? She had a weak heart. The night that Rosie played my princess was the most magical night of my life. When I rescued her, she gave me my first and last kiss. Oh, whatever happened to Rosie? The porter hesitated for a moment. Soon after that night, her heart stopped beating. The doctors and nurses did everything they could to save her, but she didn't make it. The porter bowed his head, even though he was talking about something that had happened more than 50 years ago. He felt the pain of it like it was just yesterday. I am sorry, said Tom. He reached out his hand and rested it on the man's shoulder. 
Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Uh, Rosie was kind to me. She didn't care that I looked like this. She could see past it. Her heart may have been weak, but it was big. Losing Rosie made me realise something. What's that? That life is precious. Every moment is precious. We should be kind to each other while there is still time. Oh, that is true. Very, very, very true. We never know what's going on in somebody else's life and we never know how much time left people have. So we should always, always be kind. Always. But I don't need to tell you that, do I? You already know that. And I know that the children who listen to me are already very, very kind. So there you go. <laughs> I know that because, well, I just know that I've got nice, kind listeners. So tomorrow we will come back and start on chapter 47. So until then, take care and stay safe. And I will see you all again tomorrow. Uh, bye for now.